Hello. 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 How you doing? Hello. Doing good. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah. I see you've got a guitar in your hand. I do. So, um, yeah, Fontaine's last week that I think went down well. We were very happy with that. I had a great um, time. Yeah. Me and um, Tom are best friends now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you're not friends with him. <laughs> well, actually, he gave me a like on Instagram. He liked my new song. Ah, so there you go. Yeah. I liked your new song as well. <laughs> not really. That means nothing to me. No, it means a lot. Thanks for your support, Peter. Um, can you give me a little demonstration or something? Yeah, mate. I was thinking, uh, okay, let's name a scenario, right? Real quick. I'm in Alaska. Oh, Alaska. And I'm completely alone and everyone's deserted me. But I'm happy in that. It's for the first time in my life. I don't need to put on an act. And what band are you listening to, mate? I'm listening to Emo. Oh, where is this band from? I believe it's more of a individual than a band. Is it pronounced Emo? Emo or emo? I'm thinking. Can't be sure. <laughs> I'm probably thinking it's not emo, but yes. Welcome emo to Alaska. Is emo? <laughs> Don't be sad when you're in Alaska. Everybody loves you, emo. Don't be sad when you're living in Alaska. Connor likes your music. That sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be really helpful. Yeah. Well, I know, I put it this way. I know he's from Cork. <clears throat> he's not from Alaska. He's from Cork. But I, I have a quirky fact about him. He is the cousin of Brian McFadden. And you may not, you may or may not know who Brian McFadden is, but judging by your face, you know who Brian McFadden is. I bloody love Brian McFadden. Isn't that the guy from um, Avalon? <laughs> <laughs> Avalon. Uh, isn't he from a band called uh, Roxy Music? <laughs> <laughs> Brian Ferry? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no. So who's Brian McFadden then? I've definitely he's... heard that name before. No, you have. You have. He is from, he's from Westlife. I'm even more excited than I was before. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got Emo on today. He is from Cork. Um, multi-instrumentalist You just he, said emo, mate it, It's emo It's E-M-M-O Emo, and what's his emo? <laughs> just to write real funky-ass tunes <laughs> Modus operandi Create music no. with multiple instruments Um, And he, yeah, he's 
he's been kind of doing this for a few years now, but he, I don't want to give everything away before we even bloody start interviewing the man. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, different kind of musician. That's that's what I, we love about Liquid Chords. You know, one week we've got acoustic kind of folk soul stuff, and the next week, you know, we've got the Fontaines, and then you're in the bag, and they're in the mix as well. I That's mean, it's my favourite part of it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. What kind of instruments? You say he's a multi-instrumentalist? Well, can he play as many instrumentalists as I can? I would like to think so. I would like to think so. I'd, I think he can at least play one of them well. I think that's the difference, isn't it? Really? Lucky I've got whiskey in my life, pal. <laughs> no, I'm been keeping me from wringing your bloody neck. <laughs> no, to be fair, I, I just, we, I jest. This is what we do, don't, isn't it? This is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> you bloody hurt my feelings all day long. <laughs> just, this is just how we play the liquid chords. No pensions for anyone. <laughs> How's, the, how's your search for a girlfriend going? Long and arduous, mate. Um, whole Yeah, this Tinder thing is not for me. All, all I wrote on the bio was, great guy, um, <laughs> if you ever get cold, I can eat you up real good. Oh, my God. Um, I'm good at, like, lots of things, really clever. Uh, stuff right, like that. You, you see, okay, for the first one, Great guy. That's not like I'll not dispute that. If you get really cold, I'll what? I'll heat you up. <laughs> Put a blanket I on I, you. I didn't hear the heat on that the first time. <laughs> oh. You cold. No, I'm not that guy, that actor. What's his name? Army Hammer. Army Hammer? Yeah. It's <laughs> that the fucking guy you're talking to me last week about, the superhero? Uh, no, I'm talking about the actor who um, is rumoured to have been uh, eating people or wanting to eat people, trying to eat people, sending them text messages saying, oh, give us a bit of your arm, <laughs> give me a bit of your thigh there, mm, delicious, is this I a love real thighs. Is this Sorry? a real person? Is this yeah. a real person? Yeah, real person, better tell Who's the lawyers. It? Army Hammer? Army Hammer. Like, no imagine you're in the army, you need a hammer. I've never heard of this person before. Yeah, check him out. Send him a text message, maybe you can get him to give you a little nibble. I'm going to look him up right now. Army hammer. You're too busy, mate. You can't even look at the news. Did you even know there was a pandemic going on? Did you hear about okay. this lockdown <laughs> that's happening? You should probably ask the guests about that. <laughs> Do you even know what's going on outside outside your front door? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't have time. Oh, this is my. So I work nine to five. I come home doing music. Have to get prepared for like records. There's no Connor time. Yeah. So, have you listened to Emo's music? No, I haven't. <laughs> Replace that with yes, I have. <laughs> Hold on. Ask me again. Have you listened to Emo's music? Of course, I have. It's all I listen to, and it's all I think about. He's my favourite artist, multi-instrumentalist, and tell me something else I should know about emo. I like that riff. What's that riff? 
This is a riff that I just made up. I hope it doesn't hurt you on your feelings, mate. I keep reffing. Keep reffing. <laughs> You're not cut out for this, mate. <laughs> no. How do you do it so well? Because I've got talent coming out of pores. <laughs> I'm covered in talent. I'm not. You know, in a certain light, Peter. I think you could be rather fetching. Oh. It would have to be a very particular light. But the light would need to be off. Liquid <laughs> Hiya, welcome to the show, Ammo. How are you getting on, man? Great, Connor. How are you? Yeah, delighted to have you. Um, Thanks for having me. You've been you've been busy enough. I think uh, I kind of I kind of have to go straight in because you're the first person, uh, first musician uh, we've interviewed this season from Cork. So I just wanted to talk about <laughs> the, about the Cork music scene and uh, like oh God. your roots starting off. Are like are you currently based in Cork? Yeah, I'm in Cork now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, <laughs> the Cork music scene carried on the shoulders there, but uh, it's um, it, it it's fairly vibrant music scene. Um, yeah, I would have started uh, doing the rounds of the pubs and stuff, um, so like open mics. But there's actually, to be fair, there's not that many. I think there was like three places that did it, even two, and one of them was a cocktail bar, and you'd uh, play the guitar through a, a DJ mixer, so it, it sounded chronic. <laughs> and, and literally, all you get is you'd sing for a cocktail kind of thing, so it was more karaoke than anything else. And then the other uh, was a place called um, uh, On Brew, uh, or The Brew, sorry. And um, it's like a hostel place. Um, it's class, it's very, very good. But they have a stage area, so they're quite good for music. So I would have started there. And um, from that, they had a show where, or they had another night where I think you got paid like 20 quid to sing like three, four songs. So they're like, oh, do you want to come back and do that? And I was like, yeah, un- unbelievable. So I did that. And then from that, I got booked in to do my first gig. That would have been in the city. Um, I would have done gigs in my village here as well, in pubs and stuff here um, from like the age of like 18, 17, 18. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got my start was just standard kind of pub gig stuff and uh, even looking back at the bar my uh, my first ever gig was in my local village called um it's called bk2 at the time it's like a haunted uh site because it's changed names about 50 million times and it's always a failed pub business but they always <laughs> keep opening up as a pub <laughs> but right now it's district 11 shout out district 11 you're you're hanging out you're clinging up <laughs> yeah. a district 11 lives i'd say and uh they uh but they booked me in uh to do a gig there because my buddy worked behind the bar and uh, <laughs> i'd no i'd no speakers or anything i'd borrow my my buddy's brother's dj speakers and he'd normally throw them up on the table so he'd have no stands either so i had to sit down with the two speakers uh by my shins uh <laughs> just playing the track i literally <laughs> and i remember playing a cheerleader oh i think i found myself a <laughs> and there's about four lads in the bar and they're all about 80 <laughs> going to my dad after oh, they hate me they hate me <laughs> i'd say he was like yeah they probably did <laughs> yeah, yeah they were right to son yeah um but 
Yeah, that was my first ever gig. And, uh, and what a gig. What a gig. Oh, what a gig. <laughs> oh, man, I was clung to the sheet music as well. My face. <laughs> I was like a window licker to the sheet music. I was clung to pure of the nerves and just like not wanting to look anywhere else other than that. But yeah, that was my first gig. Then my first gig in town was uh, The Brew. And then from there on down that same street, I would have got into a spot called Gallagher's, which is um, named after Rory Gallagher. And um, I would have got a regular sat in there for about two to three years. Um, but uh, yeah, and just kind of sped up from then on. Subsequently, you've you've kind of, you know, to, to be honest, like when I was reading up on you, you've, you've kind of had kind of a, I don't know what way to put this, it's really like unique sort of way of like doing things. So you're, you can't, you're independently releasing and your music's like, it, it, it kind of bridges a lot of different genres and it's, yeah, you, it, you know, and it's a good, like, I know, that's a good thing because I'm, I, I myself, like my, my music, I wouldn't necessarily say as one genre and I think, but for you, is that like a conscious thing? I just want to. No, it's not. Um, it's more of a, because like, I'm still very early on. In terms of like, you know, I feel like I've been out of ages, but like in the grand scheme of things, yeah. like I'm, you know, very, very early um, on in like terms of music career, even though like, Jesus, like I'm 26, but I feel like I'm, I might as well be 58 in like music years. <laughs> you see these 16 year olds coming up on TikTok and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, but uh, like I've only done, um, I've only had like, well, four releases. Um so and even one of them is like Ishkabaha, which is funny enough. Um <laughs> I'd wrote that for an ad involving another uh kind of whiskey brand, but you know, uh, that's dropped since. So like I mean if you want that music, you know, hit me up with uh <laughs> the that song wouldn't I wouldn't identify that much with that kind of tune because it's very uh yeah, come on down and you know, grab yourself a cup. Um <laughs> but they uh but it was fun writing that because I got to detach from that and it was strictly for, you know, a whiskey kind of ad and stuff. And um, like people still enjoy the track and stuff. And mm. I do play it at my lives. Well, I did before. I don't know what I bring it in now. But um, but I wouldn't identify with that kind of genre. That's very folk, um, rock, um, country kind of style. Um, but I think it's that happens to a lot of artists early on in their career. Um, it's just basically the, the sonic version of a... Uh, throwing shit against the wall until it yeah. sticks. But I, th- I think that's I think that's actually like you know that's a really refreshing approach to be. Mm. So many musicians manufacture this idea, like you know, it, they manufacture this image that this music that they're coming that they've written is the first was the first thing they came up with, and you know, like it, it, it's the industry's kind of fascinated with things being fresh and new, and mm. you know, it has to be right. I think there's a, for me, I like I like that journey that i like to see an artist you know i like to hear yeah. the song you recorded in 2017 or whatever it was in your 2019 but and then you hear a song in 2021 and go i can hear that progression i can hear the influence rather than you know I, i've had the exact same sound <laughs> my yeah, entire, I'm being same cons- yeah. yeah and the yeah. same four chords or whatever you know it's like um yeah definitely like and <clears throat> that's like i appreciate you saying that because I do fear of like, you know, obviously you do want it is important to have some form of identity um, because that's how uh, that is how you get fans. That's how people follow you. And because I know that, uh, you know, anyone I follow, um, you know, they 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 have an identity in my head, you know, Mm -hmm. and 
Um, so it it is kind of important to to not be absolutely all over the place. Like, yeah, I, I think early on, I, I like I definitely would do that towards uh, retirement years, maybe my golden years. And uh, <laughs> if I if I was able to afford that, and if I was still alive, that disco album on the go. I I have one year until the twenty seven club. <laughs> one year to to make it first and then die. Um, so, That's a lot uh, to do in a year. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. I, I'll start a twenty eight club. In. Um, but uh, yeah, so. But on the flip side, yeah, um, it is uh, nice to have that space and to be experimental at the start because I don't really have a clue. Like it's only up until recently I'm starting to kind of um, establish somewhat of a an identity or a brand. Uh, that, uh, they're kind of um, you know uh, you can use those terms um, willy nilly, but um, I'm I'm only establishing myself and my sound. Um, and that's only coming from each next release. But like I have a bunch of sh- songs in my backlog that uh, I can't wait to release. And they're very, very kind of out of left field. Um, but again, I think what will tie them in is just, you know, obviously it's myself singing. I can't stray too far from, you know, my brain and what's the what my style is. So I think there'll always be some linear uh, thing that's strange too. It's just a means of releasing enough. Is your producer you're working with at the minute? Are you self-recording? Uh, so I have a producer, uh, pal of mine. Uh, he's from Tralee, but he's based in Cork, and his name is Gary Keane. Um, and he um, he's engaged to Stephanie Rainey, if you've come across her. Um, my last single that I released, Make You Mine, it would have been uh, produced with him. And then um, I'm working on the next release uh, for... Um, July and that's also in works with him and the World War One track um, was worked on with him and stuff um, it's always been my kind of goal to do that though to find just uh, the one individual to kind of so to speak build a team like uh, my first two tracks um, Calla Lily and Still I recorded them in Camden Recording Studios in Dublin and I, I was blindsided I think by you know the whole idea of like oh, I'm going to a big ass studio now and you know, it's really fancy equipment and stuff like that. And that was with Keen Boylan and um, came to Kalili and I just had guitar and vocal. I had no idea what I wanted for the song, um, but I just left them at it kind of thing because like they were the pros, in my opinion, you know, that whole imposter syndrome. And uh, I was like, you'll do a nice job of this. So then they were kind of like <laughs> vibing with each other. I remember their necks just doing this. And uh, I was like, I've never gotten that feeling from the song. But when I was in the room with them, I just started doing this. Because <laughs> I'm one, one of the boys now. <laughs> Bobbing up and down like a bunch of floating ducks in water. But um, And they're like, yeah, no, I'm getting real kind of Wolfpack and uh, they're naming all those kind of things. I was like, yeah, I've heard of them. I like them. And they're like, yeah, and it's kind of a journey. I was like, yeah, sure, a journey. Great and popular. I was like, yeah, go on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pure yes, man, to the boys. And uh, then they made Cal Lily. <clears throat> the track is good. I like the track, but it's, again, when it released, I had such a big issue with it. I hated it when it first came out. Um, and I didn't want to promote it because then I felt inauthentic about it. But it was after it cost me a bomb to record. So I was in such a a weird place. I was like, well, I hate this track. And then if I'm trying to tell people to go listen to this track or I wouldn't listen to it myself and stuff, it was it was quite um, conflicting. Um ideas for me you know and uh so then you know that that was just part of one percent of the angst of being an independent musician i suppose that was kind of uh, a steep learning curve 
And then coming back again to still, I was like, look, I'm coming back a bit smarter, a bit better. I have more of an idea of what I want for the lads to do um, instead of letting them take total reins of it. Because it wasn't their fault. It was just I didn't, I just didn't say anything No resistance. Yeah. 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 Um, so. And that's you know, really hard for a produce, producer too. When you see like, um, when I'm working with people even, you know, like um, I'm doing demos and things, when they don't really have an input on what mm. they like or they don't like, it yeah. makes it 10 times harder because yeah, you, can so be, like, you can be creative within limitations, you know, and that like yeah. that's and that's almost better because I wait know, for it, limitations. You have to because yeah. it's you're, yeah. you're putting some um, labeling into the chaos of it all. Like, but yeah, 100 percent, because otherwise you're you have to draw connections between dots that don't necessarily exist. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's way harder. But uh, yeah, so I was a total yes man to that. And then it's just like <laughs> it was almost like, you know, when you go into typing in your uh, phone keyboard and then the suggested words come up and you just keep clicking on that suggested word and just some random ass sentence would come up. It was kind of like that for the music ideas. I just kept going, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then um, this kind of funky, I suppose it's slightly funky, but um, Keen, he's a he's a jazz pianist. So he was, uh, I think he was, you know, very into kind of uh, some intricate um, hooky parts and stuff, um, which it has. But um like I, I'll never play it like that live. It's, the recording is how the recording, but it, when I play it live, is totally different now. Um, but yeah, coming back in with still, then I'd way more of a clearer idea what I wanted. So still was definitely way closer again to kind of you know trying to match what you envision <coughs> and what your mind hears. Uh, I wanted to chat to you briefly because I'm sure you're probably sick to the teeth of talking about it about the. I can see your voice. Oh yeah, ah nah, ah sure that's yeah. um. <clears throat> it's a flash and panting show. I'm delighted to talk about it. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, media and stuff, people are people are probably over. It, but yeah, that that was that's more than likely how I'm literally on the show now. Like that. Um, it was a nice, a good launch pad. Um, so it's uh for anyone uh, listening, it, it was it's a BBC show. I think the last episode is on this Saturday, but it's uh it's just new. Uh, primetime Saturday night show so it would have uh, been yeah it, it's along the same lines of you know like uh, take me out and it's kind of you know, you know, you know um, tacky TV kind of thing um, but very lighthearted family watching but anyway they got in touch with me the, the producers of the show they got in touch with me to be honest but they had actually gotten on to me to be on Britain's Got Talent and they got into me for this new t- this new TV show consists of singing. They couldn't tell me all too much, but they're like, oh, they basically told me the premise of the idea. And it was like huge in Korea and Thailand and stuff. And they sent me on videos to watch it and like, you know, like uh, Thai TV and stuff or the Philippines even. Um, but like uh, any of those TV shows, if you know, they're like, obviously I couldn't speak the language. So I didn't know what was going on, but um, they're filled with like sound effects and like all of a sudden these like emojis <laughs> popping up on screen and stuff and i was like oh my days <laughs> but i was like oh surely be to god no it's not gonna be an absolute carbon copy of this um so i was like oh you know it was in the height of lockdown as well so this would have been it's pretty much last year um it would have been june i think last year they got into me and um everything was just shut and i was like oh well and you know, nothing was seeming to be open again. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of like we are now. Anyway, uh, I went for it. I had to send off um, a bunch of clips of me singing. And uh, then they'd pick one. Um, and they decided to go with uh, Bruce Springsteen number, uh, Dancing in the Dark. What the show is, it's like um, Dean or No Deal kind of meets the voice or whatever. It's uh, I was part of, I was one of six mystery singers on a show 
And uh, so I was, I was part of the, the show, basically, and two contestants come on and the contestants have to guess whether or not we are good or bad singers uh, through a series of rounds. And the first round is just off looks alone. Uh, the second round is a lip sync. So they see a lip syncing to a bit of music. The third round, then they can um, see into your life. So you have to film this video diary thing. And uh, then I think the, the fourth round is the last one or something like that. And say a question. They can uh, question there for 30 seconds. And all throughout the rounds, they're knocking someone out <clears throat> and taking someone out in the hope that they are a bad singer because they want to be left with a good singer in the end. And then that's how they win the cash prize. But if they pick a bad singer in the end, then the bad singer wins the cash prize. And it's like 10K or something like that. So it's like substantial enough uh, amount. Jesus, I'd love a bit of 10K now. But um, <laughs> then, uh, so I was on, but in order to hide your persona or whatever, they, or they hide who you are, um, they give you a persona. And mine was uh, pitch perfect. <laughs> so throughout the process of picking me, they had to find out uh, was I any bit interesting outside of music. And literally I had nothing. I couldn't tell them anything. Um, they're like, do you do karate? Do you do um, any other kind of stuff? And I was like, um, I did hurling there, I'd say, <laughs> five years ago. Um, I was like, no, like, uh, I couldn't tell him anything because I'd been so wrapped up in music the whole time. And I was like, Jesus, I actually seem like such a boring person. And um, then I threw that lies like rugby because I would love rugby uh, growing up as well. And I was like, yeah, kind of. And I just played it up because they were really looking for something. I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, professional and promising kind of professional uh, debuts are like I got a trial for Munster for sure every lad who could uh, carry the ball nearly got a trial for Munster and um, they were like oh interesting okay and then I was like I'm also like a farmer <laughs> I wasn't like my granddad has a farmer <laughs> and then uh, they were like oh okay and uh, I was like oh god actually please don't fucking go out to farming because it would have done me in like a pitchfork and uh, <laughs> a cap and everything I was like oh jeez I'd say they probably didn't do that because they're like maybe that, that might just seem a bit racist get the Irish lad on as a <laughs> get the old paddy there <laughs> as a farmer but um so luckily they went with uh, the rugby ones but uh, I still had to wear shorts anyway um, so I was dressed up as a rugby lad and uh, I had to like back and forth I was they're flying me over to do like choreography so like and i was like what i was like am i gonna have to dance but no it was like how you stand with the mic and with the rugby ball in hand and they call your name they're like pitch perfect whatever and then you have to stand to the side whatever apparently that that needed me to be flown over for a day of practice um and uh then you have to practice your like lip syncing and stuff and it's kind of really kind of embarrassing like because you know you're, you have to give it all the moves and stuff <laughs> sure i've never done that before in my life like i've always just sang with the guitar and they're like oh yeah and they're like this is gonna be on telly you have to give it a real you know show and uh so i'm like mm, whatever like and then i'm trying to picture like all like the x factor and stuff growing up watching i'm like what do they do what do they do whatever so then i'm giving it that and even that wasn't enough so it, you really have to exaggerate like and i was like oh my god this is so far <laughs> And uh, then uh, filming went on in November um, and they kept, to be fair, like they kept myself away from all the other contestants as well, or not contestants, sorry, like, you know, uh, participants of the show um, because they literally didn't want anything to break, um, being like who was a good singer, who was a bad singer. And uh, so they locked us in our own hotel rooms and stuff like that. And if we had to like go out, they, we had to tell them and stuff like that so we wouldn't cross each other in the hallway. And they're just, they had us uh, fairly tightly ran ship and uh we did the filming and paddy mcginnis was the host and then we had to do rehearsals with him on stage and again we weren't allowed to talk because paddy 
uh, wasn't allowed to know if we were good singers or not. So it was like really a mystery to everybody. And uh, went on and uh, there was a there was also a celebrity uh, panel that helped the two contestants. Um, and you know, they're obviously there for entertainment and they come in with kibs and just jokes and stuff. And Jimmy Carr is one of them. And uh, we came on for the first round and that this is the looks alone round. And uh, when they call your name, you know, you uh, you do your choreography just like just like we rehearsed. So I stood to the side and uh, Jesus, they berated me. <laughs> so much insults. They were like, he's disrespecting Mark. He looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> he's like, uh, Jimmy Carr said I look like a brute. Um, like, <laughs> and you're not allowed to say anything like you. Are you allowed to laugh? Like, no, they're like because <laughs> uh, they're in, they they give you in ears and uh, in in my ear they're like pitch perfect, don't react, pitch forward, eyes forward, all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I was kind of borderline skitting. I wanted that, but then I couldn't. So then and then I was shitting it because I was like, oh god, it's on me, and I know I'm being filmed and all this kind of stuff. And when you're nervous, your cheek kind of starts to go or whatever. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, and then I was like, my cheek is. <laughs> Laughing. It's like I have my head out the car window, and uh, I was like, "Oh my god, this is going nice!" I was like, "This is going to be." I tell you, no, you see my cheek, and uh, so then that fed into it worse. But uh, luckily, they cut that out in the episode. Um, but you're standing there for ages. My feet went numb. I was standing there for so long, and uh, just berated me. But I managed to get through the first round. Luckily enough, brute and all. And um, then the second round was lip sync, and I was lip syncing to James Morrison. Uh, you give me something. And uh, like that was another day I had to fly over and record like they only did in small little bits. Like there was there was a lot of back and forth just for literally one episode. And um, I went down and prior to that, Danny Jones was also part of this. So they have a celebrity uh, music artist on uh, as like an expert witness kind of thing. And um, they were banging on about um, the tongue movements, whatever, for lip syncing. They're like, uh, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, last time there was like the tongue, the tongue when you know, like it would move up, it would move up. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, they're really going forensic about it. So I was like, I'll, <laughs> I'll give him a load of tongue. I was like, I'll go all ham on the tongue. So I was like, uh, when it came, I was like, you give me something. And I was like, that'll be a big part because I hold on to the end. So I give I, I lash a tongue to the front anyway. And uh, they call me up and they're like, no, nah, the tongue would be in the back. The tongue would be in the back. And I was like, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> I think it's an accent <laughs> thing, though. I think in the English accent, it is at the back. But with the Irish something, it's in the front. So anyway, they knocked me out for that. And uh, they had to reveal. I uh, That's when I reveal if I'm a good singer or not. And I uh, came out to Claire and I sang Bruce Springsteen. And yeah, no, they were um, um, unpleasantly... Um, pleased I suppose um, because they wanted a good singer to stay in but the two boys were gutted <laughs> it's a funny old reaction when you start singing and two lads start putting their hands and their face in their hands and they're like oh jeez I've had that before I don't know that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah once or twice now yeah, it wouldn't be my first time but still it hurts every time <laughs> yeah. so like you would say you would say that that's been a good experience and mm. you're, doing, you're doing these four shows um, a tour coming yeah. up yeah would you say this is kind of are you kind of trying to get in on with well obviously you've been doing music for a while but would you say this has mm. kind of propelled this a bit this forward 100 yeah like yeah. when that episode aired my um my phone was hopping um it was so weird and kind of overwhelming and like i wasn't even on twitter but i think i got like 400 followers or something um just that night um and uh like my instagram like doubled and all that kind of stuff so i was like jesus john what a what a boost like and then uh i released my single a week later so it couldn't happen at a better time so then from then like i had huge push on radio and interviews and stuff like that um 
because you know i had the whole thing of the show and uh it was just an interesting talking point um and then i had the track and so it was just um it was ideal so 100 percent is definitely pushed me like most of my listenership now is actually in the uk in london um and i'll be heading over there end of june for um one i'm actually booked in to play uh for a private event and then two i'm playing uh, i'm just gonna try and set up some kind of gig there but um it's uh it's definitely boost boosts me a lot more because uh i managed to be able to book a tour from it and um just in general like i have uh you know it's kind of it's it, it's a funny transition when you have people that like just genuinely listen to your stuff follow your stuff and you have no no connection to them because again in ireland stuff there's always a mutual mutual and you do gain fans from that and it's fantastic when you when you get that but um just having people that have no other connection to it other than just you and your singing um that was a that was totally new territory for me well i think um, the good thing like about this show is for you and like i i can't really have like any sort of strong opinion either way shock on um <laughs> on these shows because I, I don't i just think if if it's something somebody wants to do do it you know i don't i don't care yeah. i know if i if i did those shows i wouldn't do very well i'm just <laughs> not that way so i don't like yeah. i don't care it's never been and I really don't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have an opinion either. Either way, I do what's best for you. But I guess the healthy thing for you as an original writer and not just a singer mm, yeah. is that the premise of the show isn't based on you becoming a star. Yeah, you know, and I, and that's because I think I know people <clears throat> who've, who've done who've done these shows, and sometimes like subsequently, they're kind of known as the. Yeah, it does. You know, it, it does leave a kind of a. A trail or a bit of a stink maybe yeah. on you um and th- that was definitely one of the reasons why i was happy to kind of go to two number one it was new so it had like no stigma attached to it at all and uh secondly it's just you know in and out quick done on for one episode and you know they build me as uh an irish singer songwriter you know yeah um so yeah there was no i didn't have to go crying about my you know dead nana and sing for her and then have a big golden button smashed for me and then you know my life has gone from rags to riches kind of thing um there's there's none of that um but doing this show has totally flipped my opinion on that because i know within the industry like a lot of people are are can be quite quick to be like uh you know they, they'll scowl at that because it's kind of seen as um cutting corners and stuff like that and it is true it, i suppose it does speak for itself that like you do you don't see as many people around that have gone through shows like that and they're probably not uh still in the industry doing bits it's because it has probably projected them very quickly and they haven't had um enough kind of experience to sustain it maybe um that's just my kind of guess no but, you, uh, you, i think you're totally right but yeah. you know it, there are artists like i think like matt corby is a brilliant example you know of just like somebody who had that who didn't really work out for them and then they come back stronger for it but it can definitely rattle a yeah. lot of people you know like 100 percent, yeah you know, it's just and, so much and then it's so hard to kind of go from that i would imagine not that i've had it but be hard yeah. to go hard to go from million <clears throat> millions of years a week to you know being an independent artist yeah and then maybe going for like, like a couple of hundred cap venues or something yeah, you know yeah and but you're like, not selling them you know like that's yeah, that's yeah. hard Definitely, I like hundred percent, and it's it just it's more depending though. Like I don't know, because you could be someone who sings, but I don't think that um, 
I know there's always exceptions, but it doesn't. Uh, for an independent artist, it, it, you can't just be a singer. Do you know what I mean? You have to, you have to be. Um, do you know, I know for one, when I'm doing bits like, uh, do you know, I'm a singer, I'm an event organizer, like I'm literally a graphic designer, you know, a film editor. There's about 50 million things like amateur producer. And there's so much man hours that go into that. But when you're kind of launched into a show like that and you're a good singer and then you have a full team around you that are doing bits. And let's say you go on to the, the tour that follows the year after. Um, but then after that, um, you know, unless unless it's, you know, still skyrocketing for you. But when you're landed back to where you are, you're kind of just you're a bit screwed, you know, yep. um, and you you probably don't own any of your your rights then as well at the end of it too no um totally which yeah so it, it just it lands it kind of back to ground zero in the sense so i feel like but on the flip side sorry you know you're probably seeing i got a savage farmer's stand today and it yeah well, you said you said earlier on you're a farmer <laughs> i kind of like had a suspicion <laughs> when i saw that time not that I, Man, I, I, I can't laugh. I'm, I'm, I'm not a oh, farmer, no. but I, I would get a, I would get a farmer's time. It's like fifteen degrees today, and I was like, Jesus, it's a bit barmy. Like, so I sat out and I was answering emails, and uh, I was literally out for about three hours, and I got scalded. Like, I am cremated. That is the worst. It is squashy, quite a, like. quite a glow. Quite yeah, a glow. but um, um, no, yeah, but like just uh, on the point that, like, yeah, people, I get why people can shit all over those shows and stuff like that, and like I have definitely uh, been there as well but on the flip I suppose doing um, I can see your voice it's just the exposure and I know that's such a dirty word as well because you know exposure doesn't pay the bills but um, it's uh, the exposure alone from those shows it definitely does grant huge opportunity but it's just what you do with it after is the main mm-hmm. thing like if you can actually seize it and make something out of it and like I'm lucky enough to be able to pull a tour out of the show and um you know pull chats and uh like you know this opportunity definitely wouldn't have arose uh without the show and without the burst that way you know yeah, no exactly exactly man like you know i think i think it was one of the gallagher brothers uh, i can't remember which one but they were saying you know it's all well and good like people people you know criticizing artists and musicians and singers for going on these shows but if mm. you have a really if, if you're in really difficult circumstances and you mm. can sing a few notes and people like your voice, um, and you know you're you know maybe minimum wage or you're you, mm. you you don't have any prospects at that point, and you can sing and you can get on a show like that. Why the fuck not? Yeah, like, Do you know what I, I mean? Think, like why yeah. why to keep you know so so people can say yo well, good for you, <laughs> you know you didn't yeah, go yeah. on that show. I think so. I think for some people it's the right call, and for some people it's not. But um, so we've got before you go, um, mm-hmm. just wanted to play a couple of musical influences with you. Nice um, yeah. couple. So, Peter, have you got any? Have you been? You've been Ken in the background there. Yeah, yeah. I've been working away here. Um, um hey, Emmett, how you doing? My okay. name's Peter. Good, 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 uh, Peter. I heard that um you're a big fan of Joni Mitchell. Yeah. So um here's some Joni Mitchell for you. Savage. The pay paradise and put up a parking lot. <laughs> With the pink hotel, a boutique, and the swinging hotspot. Oh, that's unreal. Doesn't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? The pay paradise and put up a parking lot. That's not the end. They took all the trees and put them in a tree museum. Dirty bastards. It, it should be, though. <laughs> they charged all the people a bloody dollar to see them. Oh, Doesn't well. it always seem to go? 
you don't know what you've got till it's gone. The paper and ice and put up a parking so lot. It's so true, man. Those words just hit different. <laughs> I can Especially tell that you're a fan of this Johnny Mitchell guy. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Mitchell from down the road, like yeah, he's a bastard, man. Um, yeah, that was that was stellar. I love that. I hope you can add in some applause after that or something like that. A big cheers. I love that. Well, I <laughs> mean, for... I wouldn't mind if you two want to give me a quick round of applause right now. Yeah. I'm going to save that round of applause and, and every was... morning when I, I feel bad about myself, I'll just play it. <laughs> Which will be no morning. There'll never be a morning you'll feel bad about yourself. I've got high self-esteem, you're right. You picked up on yeah. that, Emmett, and I'm, I'm glad that you can tell that about me just from yeah. this first Yeah, it'll be a sad meeting. day when you have to play that to pick yourself up. You'll <laughs> never you'll never be hitting the ground, Peter, my man. You're a king. Oh, thank you. I feel like we've got a bloody good rapport going on right, right now. Connor, I think I you can, you can go I away. Agree. It's just me and Emmett. You know, funny, uh, before you came on, Emmett, we, we were um, talking about how you and I had probably become best friends. Isn't that right, Connor? Yeah. And it just we worked out. Sure it happened. Yeah. I'm delighted, though. This, this is magic. This is magic. That's a study. That was lovely. Actually, I fucking enjoyed that. <laughs> Anymore. Um, yeah, name a song, uh, pal. Oh god! Like I mean, I was mentioning uh, retrograde earlier, but you can't really do a bit of synth on the, the guitar. Can you? <laughs> you know what is? It, it, I, I tried to do it. I tried to do it, yeah. uh, mate. But it, it's really difficult. But what about this one here? Um, okay, go on. for okay, it. Okay, right. Yeah. There's a limit to your love, like a waterfall in slow motion. <laughs> Like a map with no ocean. Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, no. There's a limit to your love. I love that. There shouldn't be a limit to that singing. No. You need to keep that going. Do you so think I if I was on the show, they'd, they'd, they'd understand how good of a singer I was and vote me in and give me the £10,000 or whatever it was? <laughs> well, no, they gave the £10,000 to the bad singer. <laughs> so hold on a second. What's in it for you? Just, uh, I get to wear shorts and get called a brute in front of me. <laughs> Jimmy Carr. <laughs> yeah, I just get roasted by Jimmy Carr. That's all I want to do. Um, so I can cake it now. I'm grand. <laughs> I should have mentioned gonna... that before, Peter is our resident uh, musician here. Mus- musical director, bloody get it right, Connor. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. He's earned that. Yeah. yeah. So he comes on, just gives us, why, why, why again do you sing the songs? What's the reason? Why don't we just play the songs? He asks me this every time. <laughs> we can't afford it, Connor. That's right, yeah. That's We've right. got to bloody feed everyone whiskey in this place. <laughs> Literally, I know. The amount of whiskeys they're sending out. <laughs> no. So, uh, I wouldn't have it any other way anyway. And um, To be honest, um, Johnny Mitchell's ruined for me now. <laughs> um, Johnny, Johnny Mitchell. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Mitchell. <laughs> uh, can't listen to him anymore. So, uh, Peter for the win. So, Emma, um, before we go, what dates are you playing the tour? Sorry, the tour starts on the 30th of September, which is a Thursday, in uh, Cypress Avenue in my uh, home county of Cork, which is uh, it's, it's going to be the, the biggest one. So I'm really hoping it's a lot one out. And then uh, we're moving on to Whelan's, which is the 4th of November. Um, and uh, so Whelan's Dublin, that's Whelan's upstairs. And then the next day I'm going to the Caspa, which is... Uh, 
part of Dolan's in Limerick. So that's uh, November uh, the 5th, which is a Friday. So anyone around Limerick, if you want to uh, come say hi. And then um, I have McHugh's, which is up in Belfast. And that is November 12th. So that's a Friday. And I'm going to make a little holiday out of that because it's going to be my first time in Belfast. So I'm really, really looking forward to that now. Um, that Ooh. should be a bit of crack. But yeah, that's it. There are the dates. And you can catch it all on my website anyway, just uh, moemmo.ie. Uh, it's all there. And you can purchase your tickets through it and stuff like that. would be doing me a solid. Perfect. And sure, Peter, maybe you can escort your best friend, Emmo, <laughs> around Belfast. Yeah, maybe yeah. you can come stay in the east. Um, oh, nice. Okay, is that the, is that the better part? It's Yeah, it's the it's the metropolis part. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure I already have a tan for it then, so again, yeah. um, I'd be looking fairly, fairly city slick. <laughs> yeah. That'll that'll be good. That'll be good. Well, thanks, Hello. thanks a million for doing this, man. And well, uh, ah, thanks for having me, Ryan. No. Uh, I enjoyed it. That was nice. That was good. Good long form chat. I haven't uh, hadn't done that. Please, are the heater clock. Well, Connor, that was good. That was a good episode. Do you know what I thought about when you were playing those songs? Um, hold on, let me guess. Was it uh, beautiful flowers and like a lovely psychedelic um, time that you had one time? No. What I thought about was who is your favorite? I never, I've never actually asked you. It's like who, who's your favorite musician? Who are your favorite bands? You never, you don't even, it's like you don't even care about me. <laughs> okay, favorite band. Top, you want top 25 favorite bands? No, definitely not. I give me like top three. Okay. And not your best, not your best friend, Emo. Have you heard of the band UB40? <laughs> that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> you, you, want a, you want a funny story about UB40? It was not funny, but um, when I lived in Leeds, uh, I, I'm pretty sure one of them was my landlord. One of the guests from UB40. How how do you know? Was it like every every time you he was like, did they make you pay? Did they make you pay on the um on the third and fourth of the month, <laughs> or something like that? Some kind of a reggae payment scheme that they had going for you. <laughs> oh god! Fucking ninety percent of people aren't going to understand that, but. <laughs> Wreck a payment scheme? No, um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, my dad likes UB40. You can tell, you can tell a lot about a man, <laughs> his favorite band, UB40. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite you, band? Yeah, my dad. Um, my favorite band, my favorite band, I, I, it's really tough. It's a tough, tough one. I would say of all time, I probably never loved a band more at one point than death cap the um but at the minute i don't know i really like i'm really really liking uh big thief i'm, a, I'm big on the thief yeah i like them too i like don't you really like that band yard act that sprints recommended have you ever heard phosphorescent yeah i like, I like him. him i'm very impressed peter yeah i'll listen to stuff <laughs> Did he do a cover of UB40? <laughs> <laughs> so, Ian Emo, best friends. There you go. His there name is Emo, okay? Emo, Emo, God, Emo. Emo. 
Um, yeah, that's going to be a big one to chop up. That was a really long episode. Don't worry, mate. I'll get me scissors out. I'll get it going. Yeah. Trying to think. Any, anything else you want to talk about before? So I reckon we, we can hit stop now. Yeah. <laughs>